This is Audio QT, the podcast of QT Voices, the online magazine of the LGBTQ Studies Program at the University of Texas at Austin. Thank you for listening to Audio QT. My name is Karma Chavez, and I'm the host for today's episode. I have with me in the studio Dr. Laura Gutierrez. Dr. Gutierrez is an associate professor in the Department of Mexican-American and Latina-Latino Studies here at UT Austin. She's also faculty in the LGBTQ Studies Program. Dr. Gutierrez is a performance studies scholar, and she's the author of the award-winning book, Performing Mexicanidad, Bendidas y Carreteras on the Transnational Stage, which the University of Texas Press published in 2010. She's also on the board of directors of Outsider, an Austin-based transmedia nonprofit that celebrates the bold originality and creative nonconformity of the LGBTQ plus communities through the presentation of provocative, overlooked, and out-of-the-box film, dance, theater, performance art, music, writing, and visual art. Through its annual festival and conference, Outsider unites queer artists, audiences, and scholars from around the globe to exchange ideas, ignite conversations, transcend boundaries, and experience new pleasures through artistic discovery. Now, Outsider Fest happened last month in February, and it is one of the events that the LGBTQ Studies program here at UT co-sponsors. And so as we kick off the first issue of our new magazine, QT Voices, we thought it would be interesting to highlight some of our partnerships, which is why I've asked Dr. Gutierrez here today. So Laura Gutierrez, welcome to Audio QT. Thank you. Happy to be here. I am glad to have you. And of course, I gave a brief description of Outsider that I basically just ripped off from its website. So I was wondering if you'd be willing to tell us a little bit more about Outsider as well as its annual festival. Sure. So it's, um, you know, it's been happening. We just uh, had the sixth annual festival. So it's been happening for six years, which is uh, actually coincides with the time that I've been here at UT. Um, And... You know, one of the things that uh, I love about Outsider is the ways in which, as you mentioned, it's very multidisciplinary. And since my own research and my own thinking moves in different mediums, I'm always sort of happy to have the opportunity to experience dance at the same time that I'm like moving to sort of sit down and actually watch films. But of course, one of the things that is key for Outsider is are the moments in between and in particularly the moment that we have uh, carved out to also have a conference which um, brings in people together to have conversations. So for me, it's about not just sort of being able to offer um, really cutting edge, you know, out of the box, um, queer performance and other kinds of artistic practices to the Austin community. Um, And actually slowly we've been bringing people from who are flying in from LA, who are coming up from San Antonio. So it's actually having sort of that kind of um, attention that people are coming to actually experience what they've been hearing about. But it's also an opportunity for people to sort of come together around conversations and themes and things that are... um, I don't know, that are preoccupying us, causing some sort of anxieties, but also at the same time making sure that um, 
attention to pleasure is never forgotten, right? So the conference on the couch is a specific uh, site for us to to have a structured conversation mm-hmm. in a relaxed atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So it's so it's about ex- the experience of watching art, but also about having conversations. Mm-hmm. And this is so one of the things that Outsider Fest does is conference on the couch, right? Which is basically actually being on the couch, having a conversation about some topic. Exactly. Exactly. And so uh, I think I participated in one of those a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess this the, the question about pairing the kind of art piece with the conference piece relates to another question I have, which is about why is it significant for something like LGBTQ studies at UT to partner with an organization like Outsider? Um. I think this is a kind of a difficult question to answer, but I'll try to answer it in from my perspective and how I kind of have seen both outsider and the conversations in within outsider that bring not just artists but also academics and activists together, and then the kind of work that LGBTQT studies is doing at uh, at UT. As you know, LGBTQ studies is. You know, in its second year, there was a research cluster before. But one of the things that I think for me are significant about the ways in which um, LGBTQT studies is doing its programming, it's around the queer camaraderie. Mm -hmm. And I think, in fact, you know, queer camaraderie comes from having been conference on the couch at Outsider, Mm, mm. right? So I think the idea about having conversations and creating that queer camaraderie sort of begins with Outsider or they've been influencing each other, Mm. I guess is what I'm trying to say. The ways in which the conversations, because conference on the couch at Outsider happens, you know, at the outhouse, which is um, an actual house by um, where the... um, artistic director of Outsider Fest, the current Nault, lives along with his partner, uh, PJ Raval, who is on, who's the president of the board of Outsider, and they're both professors at UT, mm-hmm. and they're both affiliates with LGBTQ studies. Um, that kind of conversations that happen across I-35 are kind of feeding into the conversations that are happening at UT and vice versa. Mm, so mm. the traffic of East-West is really important for us, the ways in which we're, we're trying to connect, you know, sort of community and bring them into LGBTQ studies, mm-hmm. but then also make sure that you uh, people at UT are also traveling across mm-hmm. I-35 to not just experience outsider with the uh, with the uh, showcases, but also be in conversation with mm. with the artists that are coming through. Um, now I forgot the actual question. No, I, I mean I think this. you've answered it yeah. I mean, because right. that's part of what I was is interested in is why is it important for partnerships mm-hmm. like this to exist? Um, and mm-hmm. I, I love that what you provided is a, a bit of history on how they've been so mutually mm-hmm. informing to each other um, and the politics yeah. inherent yeah. with uh, the movement from east to west, which, of course, is also a, a movement in some ways from white to brown. Right, right. Or exactly. I guess if it's west to east, it's white to brown. Sorry. Right. Get in yeah. the direction. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's one of the sort of the things uh, for me as a member of, of um, both um, on the board of Outsider, but also as the 
of the last three years as a curator of Conference on the Couch. Um, not just in terms of sort of trying to work with the artistic director of Outsider Fest in terms of uh, providing um, or having more presence of black and brown and indigenous performance and artists, but also being specifically sort of, uh, you know, around the couch, mm-hmm. being the sort of the principal providers of the ways in which the conversations are flowing. Mm-hmm. And that's been key for me, at least in the like intentionally so in the last two years of the ways in which I've curated conference on the couch, right? Mm-hmm. Sort of giving um, the space or allowing that the space and the primary voices that are sort of highlighted at conference on the couch are um, black, brown, indigenous, mm-hmm. as well as, of course, trans and, and queer. Mm-hmm. So I want to pick up on this, um, thinking about the couch a little bit uh, as queer metaphor. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, if the couch is a site where we sit and watch movies, the couch is also a site where we hook up. Uh-huh. So there's something potentially inherently queer about the couch or mm-hmm. sexualized about the couch. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that brings me to think a little bit about the significance of this as a queer performance fest, the the significance of you as also someone who studies queer performance. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if we could maybe use that as catalyst or, or just generally talk about um, the significance of performance of this being explicitly queer and what that means to you and maybe sure. the others who do this work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, that's... Um I love I love that I love the the fact that for you the couch elicits this multiple meanings um, uh, around sort of a queer queer pleasures and queer aesthetics and queer politics as well right um, because you know just like this podcast is only being audio recorded and people are sort of missing out on the gestures mm-hmm. um, there's sort of a, a kind of a politics as well around conference on the couch that um, we only audio record it for archival purposes. Mm. There's no, you know, as opposed to the showcases at, outside, at, at Outsider where there's um, there's video recording, um, the conference on the couch is only audio recorded. But um, if you're there, one of the things that I love about sort of being physically present is observing all of the gestures and the movements and, Mm. you know, the ways in which people add to their, um, you know, to their, you know, uh, the words, um, gesture and, 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 and movement, um, around the couch. Right. So there's a way in which it's a sort of, it's a supposed to be a conversation and we're supposed to be thinking and speaking with our heads, but we never are, we are never detached from our bodies. Right. Mm -hmm. And, the ways in which we are very much wanting to make sure that part of the politics, of course, of, of outsider is that our bodies are very much part of our thinking processes mm. and the ways in which we relate to each other, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm always sort of attentive to, you know, um, yeah, attentive to to what people are doing as they're talking mm-hmm. around the couch, mm-hmm. right? Um, I first got involved with uh, Outsider Fest the first year. Um, actually, um, Curran asked me if I would, uh, moderate, mm-hmm. uh, a panel on gender and performance, in fact. And, you know, to this day, I'm never going to forget the ways in which, um, 
Zachary Drucker was like moving around, making, you know, themselves comfortable in the couch and, you know, sort of like with their shoes off and like lifting their legs up, hmm. you know, to to just sort of like be, be comfortable, you know, yeah. as they're talking about their art, as they're talking about, you know, their politics. Um, so I, I'm very much, you know... Um, love the ways in which sort of the the moment also elicits, um, at least for me, um, provocations to think about and push myself in terms of thinking about performance mm-hmm. and performance studies as a whole. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, this makes me want to kind of expand out a little bit and think mm-hmm. about queer performance more broadly. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, I mean, I studied performance studies a little mm-hmm. bit in graduate school mm-hmm. and, you know, I'm mm-hmm. not a scholar by any means. But, you know, my I think for a lot of us, when we first think about queer mm-hmm. performance, we think about the NEA4. Mm-hmm. And so uh, for those who don't know, in I think it was 1990-ish, the— 92, nat- was it? 94? Somewhere early yeah. 90s, mm-hmm. the National Endowment for the Arts, which used to actually give quite generous grants, of course— mm-hmm less so now, um, eventually pulled the grants of four queer performance artists. So it was Holly Hughes, Karen Finley, Tim Miller, and John Fleck, I think. Um, Karen Finley. Holly Hughes, Tim Miller. I think John Fleck was there. Yeah, the fourth, yeah. So in any case, so these four performance artists who had gone through a full peer review process had been awarded these NEA grants, and then later they have their grants taken because of the subject matter, and the subject matter is all queer. Mm-hmm. And so I remember, you know, learning about this, and that was kind of my entrance into queer performance studies, is like, oh, wow, we are mm-hmm. so provocative that, mm-hmm. you know, the government hates us. Um, but I, I guess the question I have then is sort of, that's for many of us, one of our entry points to thinking about these issues. What does that say about queer performance now, if anything? Is queer performance tamer in the post-marriage equality moment? Or how do you uh, think about queer performance in mm-hmm. this moment? Well, I think um, there, there are ways in which queer performance has sort of um, fractured in multiple ways um, to, to think that, you know, it's tamer in the sort of post same-sex marriage um, moment, um, I, I, but, but no, <laughs> um, and I think Outsider Fest is trying to make sure that those people who are working to continue to provoke, because, I mean, the politics, the moment, the sort of the moment um, that we're in, um, in fact are making me think that we're back in the 90s or perhaps even, you know, further back, despite the sort of, you know, sort of so-called, I don't know, you know, sort of moving forward in terms of uh, equality and so forth. I don't necessarily think that that is the case. I think that, um, you know, the, the ways in which kind of government... Um, funding has been lessened. There, you know, of course, at the same time, you have, you know, sort of corporations and people getting on TV. You know, I mentioned Mm -hmm. Zachary Drucker. You know, of course, there are people who are kind of participating in in those kinds of um, outlets and, 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 and bringing representations that 
might have not been there. We would have never conceived of a you know show of you know transgender you know themes sure. um, as 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 part of you know kind of pop culture, but there's still provocative work out there that is not being funded. That is by mostly you know um, queer by POC people who are not, you know, don't have, don't have the resources and who are doing work that is not just sort of pushing the kind of uh, the, the boundaries around sexuality, but around other issues as well. Bringing, you know, sort of a critique of empire, bringing of, of capitalism and so forth. And those voices and those bodies are not being like showcased in Mm -hmm. the ways in which we might, expect so outsider sort of looks towards the work of these artists yeah so um because it's still considered you know to be shocking and transgressive mm-hmm. and we like those artists yeah because we understand that there's a politics beyond like taking your clothes off that's yeah. not it it's you know what are the things that you're actually like doing with your clothes off right um what are you saying against you know multiple forms of oppression and i think that we're at a moment where we need to be intersectional if i can say that word right um and i think the work of these artists are highlighting that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no it's interesting i was actually gonna do a follow-up thinking about of course what characterized the nea4 they're all white yeah uh and also I think not. I don't think you meant to dig on them at all. But when I think about their work, so much of their work was about sort of the spe- spectacle of the body, doing outrageous things that were either about being a gay male, which meant a gay white male of affluence with a nice body, yeah. or being a white woman, sort of same yeah. kind of thing, right? But queer of color, black indigenous queer performance has completely changed the landscape of these things. Completely, yeah. Um, And might that be, you know, part of what, um, you know, keeps a performance on the fringe and also in terms of mainstream, but so significant as a kind of gadfly. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, and, you know, and, and for me... You know, sort of also coming into performance studies with, you know, learning about the um, this um, NEA a case of, of these artists being defunded. Um, and of course, you know, I remember like seeing Tim Miller on the stage and, you know, of course, telling, you know, his stories with his taking his clothes off. And there's, you know, there's a moment in which, of course, it's like, OK, that's provocative, but in all honesty is like moving forward and understanding that, you know, there are this not just uh, one way of sort of presenting, mm. you know, ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've moved to a moment in which we need to we need to sort of think about provocative in a more than a, in a sexual way, mm-hmm. right? Um, because, I mean, it became sort of the butt of the joke, right? No pun intended, that, <laughs> oh, to do performance art, you just have to take your clothes off. Right. Right. But I, you know, we, we're we're at a different moment. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So provocation is, you know, is 
comes in, in other forms. But I want to pick up on something you just said to ask you your thoughts on it. So on the one hand, what I hear in what you're saying is that in this generation of queer performance, which is what you're talking about is Black, Indigenous, people of color performers, that sexuality in a way is backgrounded because there are these other issues of which sexuality is obviously a part, Mm -hmm. but the naked body is sort of not necessarily the site or the naked white Mm -hmm. body, right? Mm -hmm. But I want to juxtapose that for a second to think about the broader desexualization of LGBTQ politics. If you see a relationship between those things, if one is actually a corrective on the other, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Um. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think I do. Um, these are all things that I've, you know, um, think up think a lot about. And earlier, when you know, you know, we were talking about, um, we we begin to talk about this. You know, I thought about you know, sort of what what happens in the nineteen nineties, right? With uh, with uh, less subsidies for artists uh, via you know, sort of the state. Um, where a lot of people sort of went corporate. Of course, neoliberalism is sort of, you know, and that has been a killer in terms of thinking about the ways in which um, everything is is desexualized or is the sort of the sexual representations that sort of exist and are are out there are sort of controlled. Um, Of course, you know, not just through media as a, you know, and and the corporations that that run the media outlets, um, but I think this also um, structures the way that people do their own work in terms of like, oh, in order for me to like get on TV or get this, I have to kind of like follow a certain structure. Right. Uh, in order to get funded or in order for a corporation to sponsor me or whatever, right? Um, so sexuality has been tamed, mm. you know, um, I think. Like there's so much about LGBTQ politics where sex is absent. Yeah. 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 And we actually were talking about this in my graduate seminar last week um, that they were happy that I had them read some queer theory where sex was the topic. Right. As opposed to queer theory that is like ideas. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Um, and um, so we we had this conversation. And it, it, again, it's something that I actually also think about. Um, so, I mean, we're... Working within those structures and with within, you know, artists who are also thinking about other issues, never forgetting to also, of course, think about sexuality. At the same time that we're intentionally making sure that sex is at the center of both Outsider as a festival and then Conference on the Couch, right? And I'm thinking about um, the ways in which in the last two years... We have um, showcased or brought in um, Hot Bits Collective, which is a, a queer porn collective that works primarily with kind of um, bodies that are not sort of part of the porn 
industry, mm-hmm. right? So whether they be black, brown, indigenous, you know, um, differently abled or, you know, mm-hmm. um, or older bodies, sure. um, just sort of highlighting the work that people are doing in relationship to that, right? So one of the showcases in the last two years has been, you know, a program by the Habits Collective um, where they show, you know, shorts of of these types of films. So that then that becomes like, well, let's not forget about the, the sex that people are having, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And let's not forget to talk about it mm-hmm. at Conference on the Couch. Yeah. So yeah. Hot Bits is sort of always sort of present. At least for me, it's important that they're part of the conversations yeah. that are curate around Conference on the Couch. Hot Bits, you know, they're, I think, five, six members at this moment, right? So one of them is always present or two of them are always present at these conversations. Um, so that's important for me as well. For, for us to not forget that people are, you know, that so much about the ways in which queer theory and LGBTQ politics um, emerge is because of the kind of sex people are having. Yeah. But I love what you have just brought to the fore, which I think is, I just want to highlight before kind mm-hmm. of asking a final question, which is to say that what these... What these performers do, what these artists are doing, what these, you know, activist thinkers are doing is actually re-entering sex into the conversation in ways that maybe it's been absented, but not through the lens of sexuality as the basis of identity. Uh, And maybe that is in some ways what distinguishes an LGBTQ movement that is de-sexed and the kind of work that you're featuring. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I would just yeah agree with what you just said. Yeah, so it's yeah. interesting to me. Well, I want to—we um, have just a couple minutes left, but I wanted to be able to ask you a bit about your current work, because I know you're writing mm-hmm. a book about U.S. Uh, Latinx performance, mm-hmm. and I wonder if you could talk just a bit about your work, and does queerness feature into this at all? Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, actually, in fact, uh, both my work at Outsider Fest and the kind of work I've been doing here— at UT um, is sort of the reasoning behind this this book that is actually, in fact, a lot about queer intimacies. And it's also about, uh, and, and what I mean by that is the sort of thinking about um, the ways in which the, the work of the critic and the work of the artist um, are often sort of seen as very separate. Mm. And I'm sort of thinking about queer intimacies in the ways in which my own presence is important to reflect on. Not that I want to like sort of think about myself as I write the book, but I cannot not think about myself and my relationship to the artists that I'm actually highlighting. Many of them actually have been through Outsider um, as performers or, or artists that have been featured in the past. Um, and it's also um, in relationship to work that I've been seeing in the last, um, you know, four or five years, again, since my um, coming to UT. And, um, you know, sort of my the first book, the, the book that, that you mentioned um, is sort of a book that is kind of hard to um, get 
because it sort of moves in sort of a wide terrain, not just in terms of like thinking about both the U.S. and Mexico, but also thinking about the kinds of performances that I highlight there. Mm. So I think that the book, you know, this book on queer intimacies and Latinx performance is sort of a, a kind of like moving, moving deeper into some of the things that I highlighted there mm. that I didn't know that I had, you know, like there was so much more I could say about, you know, like the work of Nao Bustamante, which mm-hmm. is one of the artists that will be featured in this in this book on on queer intimacies. Um, you know, and the other part of that book is so much about cabaret work, which is sort of another kind of my interest, but that's mostly located within within the context of Mexico. So I've I've sort of been kind of like, oh, there's so much more work around these two types of these two types of performances that I'm thinking about. So let me just sort of write two books that are separate mm. <laughs> about those two things, right? Yeah. So that's how I'm sort of thinking about like how this this first book is kind of like the genesis of like my f- my future work, right? So one part of it is is what we just were talking about, right? So I do think about, you know, the other work that I don't, that I've sort of been following, not just by Nao Bustamante, but by Rafa Esparza, uh, Sandra Ibarra, also known as La Chica Boom. So I'm sort of thinking about these artists in relationship to my relationship with them, right? Mm-hmm. And to the ways in which our conversations, um, when we're together, whether they're around conference on the couch or at a coffee shop or around the meal or at their home or at my home or at, you know, at a bar, like those kinds of conversations are also structuring the way that I think about their work. Right. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I myself am involved with the work that they do. Right. So those, those, uh, those that's what the book would be about. In one sense, it would be like thinking about this work that I find very important. Mm-hmm. That is, you know, as as we've been talking about. Um, but also, um, I want to move, like, methodologically. I want to intervene. Like, how do we how do we write and think about live mm-hmm. artists and our relationship to them? So that's how I'm thinking about that book. Well, yeah. we want you to hurry and get the book done because I think everyone is going to be excited. <laughs> and I'm your department chair, so <laughs> I'm excited about it too. Uh, but um, I think we're going to leave it there. Thank you so much for uh, sharing uh, all of your knowledge and experience today. Um, yeah, I think it's been a pleasure. <laughs> good, I'm glad. Uh, again, uh, our guest today is Dr. Laura Gutierrez, who is Associate Professor in the Department of Mexican-American and Latino-Latino Studies and faculty in the LGBTQ Studies Program here at UT Austin. She's also on the Board of Directors at Outsider. And uh, I've been your host, Karma Chavez, and thank you all for listening to Audio QT.